Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, episode 21. Good morning, Bill. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night, whatever it is where you are. Hey, Kurt. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. good. At you right out of the gate. I read today that only six games so far this year have taken over three and a half hours to play. <laughs> you know how many games last year were over 300, three and a half hours? Every single Yankees Red Sox game, probably. <laughs> 361. How many? 361, wow. which That's was awesome. down from 530 in 2021. So it, yeah, I mean, so it did, it, it's working. Yeah. Yep, it's working. Yep. And now I, what I'm very curious to do is dive under the numbers and see if there are an increased number of injuries uh, from pitching perspective or uh, what, what, and then, uh, you know, I think we should dive into as the season goes along um, the disparity, if there is disparity in runs scored. Yep. Um, because we'll do a deep dive on that. We, we got to yeah. get some stats together on that stuff. And of those uh, three hundred three, what was it? Three hundred sixty-one games last year. You said twenty-one this year. Uh, six. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of games, thirty-two games is how many games the Yankees have played as of taping, uh, and they're seventeen and fifteen. Um, the question that you posed: Are the Yankees in trouble? Um, here's the thing: it, It's that's a multifaceted answer for this reason. They are eight and a half games out of the East as of today. Uh, Tampa's 25 and six. Um, that's a big deficit. You got to be, you know, are they, can they be eight and a half games better than the Rays uh, or nine games better than the Rays? That, that, that's usually not the issue. The issue is when you're, and they're in, and I'm going to use air quotes, last place, the entire division's over 500, which is another result of the schedule. But it's not that you have to be uh, nine games better than the Rays. You have to be nine games better than the Rays, five games better than the Orioles, eight games better than the Blue Jays. Um, you know, and, and so or, or not not five, but it's what five? Yeah, five games, and then two games. You have to be better than four other teams, and, and they can be. They're that certainly can with that with that lineup and with that pitching staff if they're healthy. Aaron Judge went on the. Which is, I guess, leads to the next point. Which Aaron Judge went on the ten-day uh, injured list, uh, strained hip, which is one of those he suffered that on a bad slide. I don't really know how that works. Uh, Carlos Rodon has a sore back, and he's trying to get back from his preseason injury. That's going to be, and that's that's we talked about that, Bill, in 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 spring training. Guys that don't start the season out on the roster, especially pitchers, have a really really hard time catching up. Um, Gene Carl Stanton has a grade two hamstring injury uh, mid May. Uh, again, um, I don't even know where to go with that. And uh, other than to say mid-May to me, when they're saying mid-May, uh, that's them trying to have fans not be upset. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing probably closer to the end of May. Um, they went two and five on a recent seven game road trip, took three from the Indians. Um, but there's again, they're 17 to 15, eight and a half out. Here's where the, the, the comment, uh, your, your question actually has relevance. We talked about this before the season. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, the new schedule, the different schedule. Uh, they play six of their 13 games against Tampa, the team they trail by eight and a half games. Six of those 13 games, they only have 13. It used to be 19, I think, to divisional opponents. Now it's 13. Uh, six, almost half of their season's worth of games against the first place team are coming up in the next two weeks. 
that is huge. Uh, and, and that, you know, I used to say as a player, it used to be very commonplace, especially on the East Coast, for hardcore fans to hear, oh, my God, this is a huge series in, like, April 12th. And it's like, no, it really honestly isn't. And there's still 22 weeks left in the season, whatever. The schedule change does change that. There are now going – and they're always – um, I guess the way to look at it is everybody as a player, you look at every series as big in in a sense. Um, but these are truly some important, some very important. I mean, a win in April is every bit as valuable as a win in, in September. It's just focused on a lot differently in September uh, than it is in April. Cause in April you say, Oh, well, you know, we got a whole season in September. They never say that. Um, well, they start this weekend at Tampa without Aaron judge. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Garrett Cole isn't pitching in the series. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a big series. It's a big series. And, you know, I always say, God, if you have, if you're playing a series or if you're missing a guy, one guy, uh, and you're not winning, then you weren't built to win. But they're not just missing one guy, they're missing quite a few guys. And they have always been, it was, I'll never forget coming up through the minor leagues in the generation I came up. Every Yankee team at every minor league level was always stacked. The Yankees draft baseball players. They draft really good baseball players. So, you know, they had usually had an older minor league system because they drafted a lot of college guys. The the the, <clears throat> the reason that I I worry if I'm a Yankee fan is is this number, uh, one hundred and nine, one hundred and nine. What is that? That is the difference in run differential between the Yankees and the Rays. The Rays are plus one thirteen, which is unearthly. The Yankees are plus four. The Yankees have scored 126 runs, which is staggering. It's one of the worst numbers in in baseball. Uh, it certainly is the worst number in the AL East. Uh, they've scored 126, given up 122. The Rays have scored 207 and given up 94. I think they are the only, and I'm almost 99% sure, they are the only team in the big leagues that has given up fewer than a hundred runs. And I don't want to be wrong on that. So let me look. Well, I, yes, the Yankees also aren't hitting home runs and well, you know, Brian Catchman wants that. Well, but Stanton and judge are out of lineup. So yeah. that, that's, that's one of those things that that's not a stat that you look at and go, gosh, I wonder why that is. I mean, the dude hit 60 plus home runs last year. He's not in the lineup and Stanton is any of They're not hitting home runs. So they got to find other ways. And and the, the problem is that a lot of this ends up falling on the manager's head. And, uh, I, I you know, you know my love and respect for Aaron Boone, uh, who as a people manager is as good as they come. He's doing everything he can do in that clubhouse to find the right personnel to put on the road. Because this is, this is about survival for the Yankees right now. The Yankees right. are trying to survive through this stretch without these guys. And we're not talking about a series. We're talking about possibly a month to six weeks. Um, and I don't know if they can do that. Um, and then uh, that we're saying this is even crazier, uh, coming up this in the, over the next week or two, first place, Pittsburgh, <laughs> I haven't said that, I think since the nineties host Toronto, uh, after getting swept by the Rays, um, because of the Rays who we think they are, uh, first place, Minnesota goes to Cleveland. Uh, the Rangers travel to Anaheim. One and a half up on on Anaheim. The Rangers travel to Anaheim. Only one and a half games up on Anaheim. Think about that. 
Uh, first place Dodgers play San Diego only two games up on the Padres. That's those are the I, I those series are the ones for me. I, I think there's a chance to see some special stuff in in those LA San Diego series. The Diamondbacks are hanging around, being uh, being annoying. Uh, I, I I you know I think we talked about during the season uh, or preseason Corbin Carroll is who we thought he was. Um, but the young pitching with Arizona, uh, and I'm all right. You say his name, Bill, because I don't want to mess it up. Is it fought? Fought. Okay. Yes. Brandon fought real quick. Yeah. He came up, um, and had a rough start. Uh, I'll, and actually that reminded me of, of, well, the rough start didn't, but he was lastly, last year's minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, Arizona called him up. He struggled a little bit, which, you know, so what? And they still won the game. They still won the game. Yeah. He gave um, up seven, but but they still won the game. Yeah. Uh and on the young pitching uh front, 24. He brand by the way, Fought's 24. Two other 24-year-olds, Mason Miller uh, of the A's and the Mariners Bryce Miller uh had their debuts. Or no, fourth career start for Mason. Uh first career start for, first, right, right, yeah, right. for Bryce. They combine if I'm not mistaken, they combined to go 14 innings, combined to go 14 innings, give up two hits. Uh, and 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 one earned run. Uh, Mason had a no no after seven and was pulled. He he had never thrown a hundred pitches in any organized baseball game in his life. Right. Which, I'm with you. We talked about this, but well, that one I almost understand. No, but here's the thing: if he hadn't thrown a hundred pitches in in his life, why is he throwing a hundred pitches in that game? Because I, I and you might have heard me say this earlier. I don't ever want a kid to do something for the first time in the big leagues, right? Because that requires an effort level they can't give in the minor leagues. It's not possible. It just isn't. So if if a hundred pitches he'd never done it, he should have been out after the sixth inning when he had eighty five pitches. Um and and you know I don't know that you you didn't he put more effort into that start than any game he's ever pitched. Uh, it's just because that's the way it works. So him throwing a hundred, so he didn't throw the extra, the, the extra 30 pitches in many ways, not relevant. If he's never thrown a hundred, then the, the outing was to me a failure to in any way, anyway, you can't ask a kid, a, a, a pitcher to do something for the first time in the big leagues. That's why in the minor leagues, when you have four, five, 600 innings in the minor leagues, you have complete games, you have 120 pitch outings, you have those things that you have that you get to the big leagues and it's not like like walking on mars it's something you've done before um so anyway two two phenomenally talented young men clearly uh were showed up for their opening day for their for their matchup uh not related born you said what are they born a, like a day yeah, apart? like a day apart all right um and then there's one more outing i want to talk about and i'll i'll, I'll close up with a with a, a funny story um Max Scherzer came back. He was suspended for 10 games, which I thought was completely ridiculous. Um, he was he was suspended for 10 days, uh, which is basically skipping a start. That's what it is. He, he threw, did all the things you do, threw, probably threw a couple of bullpens, might have thrown some batting practice, but certainly not a big deal from, you know, there might be a little uh, uh, rusty, rustiness in the, in the first inning or so. Uh, he, he was terrible. Uh, gave up six runs. Uh, in three innings, two homers. So he had a bad outing. And again, 
I, I tread carefully or lightly. I try to when I comment about a guy's uh, mental uh, toughness or whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is a guy who's had uh, a, a, a Hall of Fame career, um, uh, has gone through some personal stuff off the field I can't even fathom, uh, is, is a stud. But I wonder if this is coaching or, or, uh, or I don't know what it is, but, but here's the quote that, that kind of jumps out at me. After the game, he said, I was spraying the ball, especially out of the stretch. And that's what you expect coming off a long layoff. This is not a long layoff. This is one start. A long layoff is being on the DL for six weeks or four weeks or whatever that is. Um, but this next comment really jumped out at me. The number one thing was getting through this start healthy. And we did that. Now we can move forward. Why is that even on your mind? Why? I, I don't understand that. And that, uh, uh, I, I don't even know how to respond to that other than I don't, I don't get that. And, and remember, this is a, a, a guy who, uh, who, who, who had dead arm uh, in the playoffs and didn't pitch, who had uh, a stiff neck in the postseason and didn't pitch. Um, you know, I, it's just awkward. It's very and and you know, again, commenting on the guy's physical toughness is is not something I'm comfortable doing. But I I I, I wonder. Um, about that and and what that means uh, uh everybody i've ever talked to has said he's a you know he's a a, a horse a, a, you know a, a competitor and all the things that go with that which i believe but those are just things that jump him and verlander both are back um coming back uh or are back uh verlander will pitch before we go to i think thursday this week right yeah. no okay yeah. uh they're two and ten in their last two and eight in their last ten they need these guys back. Carrasco is going to be making a rehab start. Um, and the Mets who uh, find themselves five behind the Braves um, in a division that except for Washington is all sitting right around 500. Philadelphia got Bryce Harper back. We talked about that the other day. Um, but again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to, uh, how to re respond to that, but I want to go back to real quick. I'll tell a quick story before we're, we're done today. Uh, on the fought outing, his major league debut, Bill, Bill had asked me if I had a story about mine, and I do. So um, I get called, I get in 1988, back like 19 generations ago, I get called, uh, uh, I'm in double A with the Red Sox. I've been drafted by the Red Sox in 86. I get traded in uh, near the trading deadline in 1988 for uh, Brady Anderson, and I got traded to the, uh, the Orioles for Mike Boddicker. Um, and at the end of the 88 season, when I was in double A, I got called up to the big leagues. Total shock. Had no idea it was going to happen. Um, Frank Robinson's managing. And I, I've, uh, I'll, I'll tell some great Frank Robinson stories as this show goes on. But uh, I get my big league debut. My big league debut is going to be against the Boston Red Sox, who had just traded me when they were in the pennant race. And this was in Memorial Stadium, old Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. And remember, this is the year that the Orioles started 0-21. Um, but I make my debut now, now there's some things, there's some kind of funny, funny, cool things about it. Uh, uh remind me at the end of this to tell you, uh, about the letter B bill. Um, but I make my debut behind the plate is a uh, hall of fame umpire, world-class human being, Steve Palermo, who uh, a year or two later was shot, uh, uh, intervening in a mugging and uh paralyzed and walked uh ended up walking again uh phenomenal human being might have been the best umpire in the game at the time as well 
perfect guy for me to have that night. Catching that night was uh, Mickey Tuttleton, who was in the middle of a big season. My back, the backup catcher on that team was was uh, San Diego manager Bob Melvin, Cal Ripken at shortstop, Eddie Murray at first base, uh, Billy Ripken at second base. Um, yeah, so uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of guys uh, that that you you may remember. Anyway, I go out in the first inning, and. I, 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 I get my uh, uh, warm-ups done and I turn around and there's 35,000 people in the stadium in Baltimore because Baltimore has amazing fans. And, uh, and I, I, that was the old Memorial stadium, right? Yes. Yes, it was. It was. And I, I get done with my warm-up pitches and I turn around and I look at home plate and Wade Boggs is digging in and I'm like, wow, like Wade Boggs is I'm facing Wade Boggs. It was like surreal. So I throw the first pitch. So so anyway, uh, Palermo comes out after my warmups. To he's rubbing the ball up. He goes, "Hey," he goes, "Listen, kid, just throw it close. I'll call the strike and we'll get going." And I was like, huh, "All right." So I throw a mediocre pitch. First pitch, he calls it a strike. Strike one, uh, and we're off. Uh, I, I think it was a two-two count. Boggs grounds out to Cal Ripken, who throws to Eddie Murray uh, for the first out. And I was like, "Wow," because I grew up a baseball fan. So I'm like, "Oh my god," you know. Wade Boggs just grounded out the Cal Ripken who threw it to Eddie Murray, and I have an out in the big leagues. Anyway, um, I end up going seven innings. We win on a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth, four to three. It was a phenomenal thing, but one one event during the game. So about the third inning, so I was a three-pitch pitcher at the time. I had a fastball, I had a, a, a slider, and I had a forkball. And one was fastball, two was forkball, three was slider. So about the third inning, I throw Mickey puts down two for fork ball and I throw a slider crosses him up, bounces and hits Palermo. He's back there jumping around a little bit. Mickey kind of looks at me and I'm like, all right, whatever. Next pitch, he puts a three down and I throw a fork ball, three slider. I throw a fork ball, uh, bounces, hits Palermo again. Mickey comes out and goes, Hey, what? You all right? And you have to know Mickey Telton didn't have anything but a monotone voice. And he was a huge man and he was terrifying. Uh, and he's like, you know, hey, what's up? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, two's a fork ball, three's a slider. I was like, oh, okay. All right. So he jogs back to home plate. And as he's jogging back, I'm going, okay, two's a slider, three's a fork ball. Two's a slider, three's a fork ball. He puts down fork ball. I throw a slider, bounces up and hits Palermo again. So Palermo comes out this time. And he's like, hey, kid, what's going on here? And I was like, uh, I don't know. He goes, Mickey just said he called a slider and you threw a fork ball. I was like, oh, I messed him up again. He goes, hey, listen, uh, here's how this is going to play out. If you hit me again, you won't throw another strike, whether you do or not. You need to know what's what, because I'm not going to stand back there and be your pin cushion. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. So I jogged back. He jogged back there, and I didn't get it wrong the rest of the night. But uh, that was that was uh, the story coming out of that game. And uh, after the game, Mickey said in the paper, Mickey said, well, yeah, in the fourth inning, he was putting down this and he was throwing that. And then when I put down that, he was throwing this. And I was like, yeah, I was. I, I, I couldn't remember three pitches. That's how it, uh, it But anyway, uh, we ended up winning and it was a phenomenal event. And then uh, something I remember forever. Uh, it was also the first night I left a ticket. So when, as players, you have what's called the pass list and you can write names in and for people you're leaving tickets for. Uh, my father had passed away in January of that year uh, and never saw me pitch in the big leagues. But uh, that night and for all 436 starts of my big league career in the playoffs, I left my father's name on the pass list. 
So in every park I ever pitched in that was that there was this empty seat for my dad and every sold out game I ever pitched, there was always one empty seat as well. So it was a tradition I started that night and I'm proud to say I kept it up for, uh, for my entire career. Also real quick, the letter B, the letter. So, B. right. I I'm pitching for Baltimore against Boston. Bruce Hurst is the opposing pitcher. Wade Boggs is the first hitter I face. Marty Barrett's the first guy to get a hit off me. Ellis Burks is the first player ever to homer off me. And Todd Benzinger is the first player I ever struck out. So That's my tremendous. first career strikeout, by the way, my first career strikeout was number 38. Todd Benzinger wore 38 for the Red Sox. So uh, I thought that was kind of unique. Hey, um, before we go, Shoei pitched last night. So I had to come up with something about Shoei. Okay. 13 strikeouts in five innings pitched. Only two other pitchers have done that. Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer. Oh, by the way, the Angels won their third straight and right. Mike Trout hit a home run. So Okay, so so let's let's actually add another point to that. So <clears throat> Shohei Otani did something that only Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, probably two of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. Uh, uh one's a definite Hall of Famer, one needs to stay healthy, right? <clears throat> That Otani just did something that only those two guys have ever done, right? Right. And by the way, he's hitting cleanup for that same team. That is what. So Shohei Otani did something that that no one, two guys, only two guys have done ever done, and he's hitting cleanup. Let that sink in for a second. He can have a game where he hits four home runs, something only a few people have ever done. And he can have a game where he can punch out 15 and five innings with some or 13 and five innings with somebody nobody's ever. I mean, that's. We, we didn't talk terrible. about it, but the start before this one, he was a home run shy of hitting for the cycle while winning the game, which nobody's ever done. Right. And the last at bat went to the warning track. I was going to say he flew out to the warning track to end that game or to end that, that run uh, again, you know, you can't talk about Babe Ruth and this guy is one of a kind. No, baseball's never seen a player like this. And I know we talked about this last year. I wonder how many guys have, have bypassed or been bypassed that might've been able, and I mean, it's not a lot, obviously, but that might've been able to do this very same thing with the exception uh, and except for the old school mentality of you're a pitcher or you're a hitter. Right. Um, and I think it's that that we're going to see that over the next, well, I think going forward, because even if they do pay him $50 million a year, you're going to be saving money because your cleanup hitter is usually a $35 million a year guy. And we're finding out your aces are 40 to $50 million a year guys. And he's both. So, uh, and I, for me, I'm just happy that the angels right now look like they're going to at least contend. Yes. And they're not going to trade him. Well, and that that'll be good for baseball. If and that'll be good for baseball. That'll be, that'll be great for baseball. And let me just give a shout out to Oakland A's fans everywhere. Sorry, your season's going to be complete poop salad. Uh, look forward to Vegas, and, and because what they've done to that team is a shame. Uh, but on the other side of things, look out for Billy Bean. Uh, he won't be in Oakland, I don't think. Oh, well, maybe he will. Maybe he'll go to Vegas. I doubt it. Um, but he may be on the market. So watch out for that one. Uh, that will be interesting. Check us out. We're on Spotify as well. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with show 22. And uh, no, no, this one drops Friday. Show oh, 22 yeah, will yeah, be yeah, next, Tuesday, we'll so. be next Tuesday. So uh, have a great weekend and probably before our next 
show Otani will homer a couple times and punch out 15 guys again. So there's that to look forward to. Anyway, guys, have a great weekend. Bill, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Cal, hey, wait, no, who's our new guy? We got to introduce our new guy. John Cassio. John Cassio, welcome to the show. John is going to be uh, over, he's going to be actually turning this into like a professional looking podcast where I actually look more professional. If that's physically possible, I don't think it is, but we're going to give it a shot anyway. So uh, we'll catch you guys on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.